Welcome back to Silent Sales Machine Radio. This is your host, Jim. Today, I've got a guest with us that you guys are going to love. It's been a while since she was with us, but if you go back to episode 67, we actually interviewed Karen for the first time, Karen Thaxton, and she happened to be one of the people that helped us launch this podcast. There were so many people that jumped in and helped promote this podcast when it first launched, and she was one of the top performing partners. We actually tracked and reported back to our top partners and said, hey, you sent more listeners to this show than anyone. So we invited her on as a guest. That was back in episode 67, and we had a great time. You guys loved the topic. So we thought, why not dive deeper into it? And today's topic is going to be optimizing your Amazon listings, using the right keywords, laying out your listings in such a way that they convert well, they get found, and customers ultimately buy more stuff from you. And there's a few simple things you can do to make all that happen. And one of our local resources, one of our experts on that very topic is Karen Thaxton. How are you doing today, Karen? Hey, Jim. It's great to see you. Yeah, great to see you again, too. And we don't hang out enough. I know you're one of these people that's just a, a jewel of uh, in our community. You've got a ton of information. You were sharing with me that you've been in business now for 19 years. My last episode was celebrating my 15th year of being full-time online. I don't run into many people who've been doing this full-time longer than me. So have you have you been <laughs> full-time for 19 yeah. years? Well, it's actually 18 years, but it was 18 years yesterday. So now we're starting our 19th year. That's awesome. Yeah. And it was full-time. I did about 18 months of working at a J-O-B and doing this as a side hustle a thousand years ago. And (laughs) those were some interesting days. I tell (laughs) you, getting up at, oh, dark 30, do a little bit of work. And then you go to the job and at lunchtime, you'd sneak away to Burger King or wherever and grab a booth and do a little more work and come home and work until midnight and get up at 530 the next morning. So uh, that's the gig. Yep. I had the exact gig. This whole idea of, you know, I feel like we're a couple old timers. I mean, 20 years is not that long, but in internet years, it's like 60 or 70 years. There's just been so much that's happened, but there just weren't people making a full-time living on the internet back then. There just weren't. It was just you and me. And that was pretty much it. (laughs) It wasn't, there wasn't a whole lot of us that were even trying or thinking that way yet. And now it's become this very common pursuit. I mean, I've, I've been approached and this is slightly off topic. I promise business building warriors who are listening, we will get to the topic of optimizing your listings, but please allow Karen and I to enjoy a moment here because, you know, I'm being approached by college graduates, kids who've got a degree and they're saying things like, can you help me learn to make money on the internet? Because I'm not so sure this is the road I want to go down this traditional path. And so we, we've kind of gone from being this anomaly to being kind of the center of the spotlight of one of the most valid and stable career paths that you can choose. Building multiple streams of income using the internet creatively is becoming very appealing. It's no longer this crazy pipe dream because we've got thousands of people in our community that are doing it now. You know, that's very validating, right? When you see that. And uh, I don't know if you heard our last episode, Karen, but you know, we just had a $700,000 sales day. Like I can't do that with a traditional career. I right? know. Isn't that crazy? It's just nuts. It's awesome. But it's just, I mean, who does that? Yeah. That's just amazing. We're blessed. You know, and I don't know if you ever feel this way, Karen, but I feel like 
it hasn't even really all started yet. I mean, I've been doing this, you know, we're coming up on 20 years, both of us. Like, you know, we'll, we'll be passing the 20 year mark here soon enough. And I still feel like, okay, one of these days I got to figure all this out. <laughs> you I know, know. It's all so new and things are changing. But if you're willing to learn, and maybe this is the first little mini nugget that we can drop on people from a couple of veterans, right? It's kind of like dog years, you know, like one year is seven years. Well, you know, you and between the two of us, you know, we've got like a hundred years of experience in, in, in internet years, right? The, the nugget I'd like to drop on people is as long as you're willing to always be learning and always be experimenting, the price of failure is so low. If you're willing to do that, to be learning and, and experimenting constantly, you're going to build something incredible eventually. It will happen. That's just- Oh, it's just absolutely. And you have to keep morphing. I mean, think about it. When we were just starting out online, there was no Google, there was no Bing, there were no blogs, there were no podcasts, there were bulletin boards. Does anybody besides you and me remember bulletin boards? Yeah, and Amazon was just a river. Amazon was a river. There was no Amazon. <laughs> and uh, eBay was eBay was like the online yard sale. And we had fun watching those auctions, didn't we? I mean, you oh, know, that, know. that was just getting started. And that was even kind of crazy. Like, can you trust someone really to buy something on the internet? I mean, I remember the big debate was getting out a credit card and using the internet. That's crazy talk. Like, you can't trust a credit card on the internet. I mean, those are the kind of things we had to navigate. There was no such thing as a hack. Nobody had started hacking yet. <laughs> no. Right. Right. And we that, need to do an episode with you and me just going back from from the wild west oh, yeah. the internet started until right. today, all the ups and downs and and migraines and victories and everything in between. Yeah, and, and, and every listener under the age of thirty five would be snoring <laughs> about three minutes in. <laughs> right? Uh makes me feel old. Uh, but you know, it it uh, hopefully establishes a sense of credibility that, you know, if we can do this for 15 and 18, 19 years, there's a validity here. And yeah. there's an, there's a experience level here. Our instincts are good. I don't think we give ourselves enough credit for truly the, the wealth of knowledge that we've gathered and the community. That's a lot of the power of it. You know, and that's one of the big lessons is uh, I'm nowhere near as smart as our community. We've got this community, this Facebook group that we've grown 43,000 people. Like I go in all the time and learn. I learn something every day. So it's not mm -hmm. about having one guru or one expert. Um, that's the true power of what we've done here. But well, let's drift towards our topic today, as <laughs> promised. So the listeners get their value. Uh, yeah, the well, we did have something else to say. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let's do a little bit of education, move past the uh, going down memory lane. But um, yeah, the topic is optimizing your Amazon listings. Now, there's a lot of good, bad, and ugly and irrelevant information floating around all over the place out there. But whenever I have a question on this topic, now we've, we've done a fair amount of experimenting ourselves, and mm -hmm. some of the, some of the very simple things that we do to optimize our listings. I mean, I, I can explain to somebody in 15 seconds, it's not rocket science. A lot of this isn't, I see a lot of systems out there. They try to overcomplicate it and you have to do hours of complex research and charts and graphs. No, it's, you, you want to use words that your shoppers are using when you're describing your item. That's 90% of what you need to know. You want to use the words that the shoppers are going to use when they're trying to find it. And if you do that better than other people do it, that puts you at the front of the class right there. You don't want to use descriptions such as complex part numbers. And, you know, we learned this with back in the eBay days. You want to use descriptions and words that your shoppers are using to make the search engine's job very easy to bring your product into view. 
it really is that simple, right? But there's yeah. some topics I want to go into because you've done a lot of study on optimizing Amazon listings and what keywords to use. So let's just go through. I've got a few questions for you, if, if you're cool with that. And, and let's just get your, your thoughts on that. And then we've got a special offer too for the listeners. We're going to drop you guys a coupon code so you can grab Karen's book at a great discount and really get inside her head on how to dig deeper on this topic. And, you know, cause you get into things like, you know, bullet points and what words to use and how much, you know, you, you go into a lot of depth, but how about yeah. we do this, Karen? I'm going to turn it over to you. You tell me, you know, if let's say you had a minute or two with me on an elevator to say, and I, my question to you is, Hey, help me optimize my Amazon listings, you know, fill me in. And then I'm going to go through and ask you some questions based on what you have to say on that topic. Okay. And I don't even need 60 seconds. I would tell you exactly what you said. It's about using the words that your customers will type into Amazon's search query box at the top of the page. And the process, the puzzle, is finding out what those words are. So the whole process, the whole keyword research process, that's your goal. And nine times out of 10, there's not one or two ways that someone would describe any given product. There are multiple ways that people usually describe the exact same thing because of regional differences, because of uh, different names that companies, various brands have given products. So synonyms, 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 and looking for as many different ways to call a product what it is that you can find. I love it. You know, what pops into my head is, you know, we've got all these great tools and everybody has their favorite tools. And we talk about doing reverse ASIN research and, you know, these, uh, again, complex charts and things. One of the most effective things, Brett and I have talked about this before. One of the most effective ways to do keyword research is to hold the item in your hand in front of a few of your friends and family members and hold it up to them and say, or a picture of it and say, if you were shopping for this item and you wanted to find this item on Amazon, what would you type in the search box? Mm -hmm. That is a fantastic, I mean, throw all the tools away. That is a fantastic way to get some keyword ideas. And then one of the things that we teach in the Proven Amazon course, this is the PPI module that I know you're familiar with, Karen, that we teach you, hey, go ahead and test those keyword phrases. You know, to some people, it's a red solo cup. To some people, that's just what I'm holding in my hand because I'm drinking a sip of water yeah. right now. <laughs> yep. They may call it a red solo cup. Some people call it a red plastic cup. Some, some people would call it a party cup. Some people would call it a red party cup. You know, what would you, if you were looking for this on Amazon, what would you type in? And so mm -hmm. you get all those phrases, then you just test those keyword phrases and Amazon will tell you which phrase is most popular. If you run an ad, they'll tell you these phrases are attracting. And we've launched some incredible private labels, products, just by discovering these incredible phrases. So it may not even be this red cup I end up selling but I discover this really hot phrase that a lot of people are using. I build a product around that phrase. So the topic today is optimizing your listings, but there's some bonus nuggets and you may have to go back and listen to what I just said, listener, back it up 45 seconds and listen to what I just said a few times. It'll start to make some sense because we don't search so much for products around here anymore. We search for hot phrases that are underserved. That's one of the mm -hmm. strategies that we teach in our course, search for phrases that are underserved and then go find a product to match that phrase. Keywords are where the magic is. So I love your response. We're totally tracking with how this works. But I threw out a, a phrase out there. I want to explain, you know, what's a reverse ASIN search? Yeah. A lot of people think that that's just the, the golden nugget of Amazon research. 
And you and I kind of agree. I don't think that's necessarily all it's cracked out to be. I mean, there's some value there for sure. You can get some good ideas, but what is a reverse ASIN search and how do you feel about them? A reverse ASIN search is you've probably seen one done or, or seen people uh, talking about them and just didn't know that was the name. But when you take the ASIN, the B0 number from the, the product listing of an Amazon page and you put it into an online tool that does reverse ASIN searches, it will go backwards. So instead of putting a keyword in to find a product page, it will take that ASIN and look backwards and see what keyword phrases that particular page is supposedly underlying the word supposedly showing up for. It does not give you the exact keywords that are in that seller's uh, search term fields in the back end. There's, there's no, no way, way to know for that. anybody to find Yeah, it. only Amazon yeah, so knows no way that. Anybody can find right. it. Yep. So these are just, it's going through, the software is going through and scraping Amazon's front end search results page that the public sees to get these keywords and phrases that the, the page is supposedly showing up for. However, mm, they're not necessarily all that accurate. So while it may give you some good ideas, to go and research the the terms, some of the terms that you find in a reverse ASIN search. I never, ever recommend taking the top players from that list on the reverse ASIN search, shoving 250 bytes into your back end and away we go. That's a quick fix and it usually doesn't work out all that well. So use a reverse ASIN search to get ideas if you want to. We typically at Marketing Words don't do those unless we find ourselves in a pinch and we're just not able, you know, we're banging our head on a wall going, okay, there has to be other things people call this product. So we might do it then to get some ideas, but usually we don't include that as a regular part of our keyword research process. Understood. Yeah. And, and the way we use it, reverse ASIN search. And again, if we just lost anybody, if you're new and like reverse ASIN, this is over my head. I have no idea what they're talking about. And ASIN is just the unique identifying number that Amazon gives every product on their site. That's all it is. I'm not even sure what the acronym stands for. I probably should know. It's, it, it, you know, Amazon search something, something. I mean, it's, it's a unique number that they assign to every product in their catalog. And like you just said, Karen, all we're doing is when we do a reverse ASIN search, there's several tools out there that do this. We're just saying, hey, what are the words that are leading people to this product? Take a guess. Mm -hmm. No one knows for sure, but take a guess. You know, what are some of the popular phrases that you're seeing repeated in some of the listings similar to this listing? So it's a guess list, but that guess list sometimes will have some valuable. It's kind of like holding my red solo cup in front of my friends and family and saying, if you were shopping for this, what might you call it? And instead of asking my friends and family, I'm asking a software tool to do the same thing. Mm -hmm. And it kind of takes a stab at it and it guesses what other people might call that product based on some of the keywords in some of the other similar listings. So yeah, some value there. But like you just said, don't grab the top of that list and stuff that into your listing and think you've built a powerfully optimized listing. It's That's not how it works. And and something too, we've discovered, Karen, this is an interesting one to run past you on the topic of optimizing listings. We kind of have this theory around here that 90% of getting it right is getting the right keywords in your title. The stuff in the listing itself, that's maybe 10, 15% of the game. The title is where the true action is once you really dial this in. Would you agree with that? Yes. Cool. 
Yeah, the, t- the title carries a lot of I weight. I thought we might have to have a debate there. I wasn't sure where you'd fall on that one. <laughs> no, and we, we pay a, a good bit of attention to uh, putting keywords and phrases into the bullet points as well. We don't pay as much attention to the description. I mean, they're going to end, some of them are going to end up in the description anyway, because it's hard to write copy about a product and not call it what it is, which is going to be a keyword. You know, so they end up in there naturally. But from what we have seen, the, the title is where you want your primary heavy hitter keywords and phrases to be. And then next, we make a point to put some in the bullets as well. And then the ones that happen to end up in the description, end up in the description. The leftovers go into the search term section. Exactly. I love it. Let me, let me just share a real life story of a product that's just selling. We're selling literally thousands of units of it a day right now in Q4. And the way we discovered it was doing the exact stuff we're talking about right now. Brett and his team were uh, yard sailing. They bought <laughs> some laser guns from a third party provider. I don't remember. I think it was Nerf or somebody. It was somebody else's name brand and they listed them. I don't think they were listed yet. I can't remember. I'd have to go back and ask if they were already listed or not. But what we did is we ran some ads against those trying to move them. We actually had some difficulty moving them. So we set up a new listing, ran some, put, made up some keywords, ran some PPI tests, meaning we tested some different, just like with my solo cup here, my red solo cup, you know, we said, what might people type in if they were looking for this item? So we typed in some different phrases, ran some ads against those. We discovered, lo and behold, there's a magic phrase that a lot of people are using. A lot mm-hmm. of people are using. So we said, wow, that phrase Amazon told us because we're running an ad. The only way you can get Amazon to tell you how much traffic is going to a search term, the only way to know 100% sure how much traffic is going to a search term is to run an ad for that phrase, pay Amazon to run that phrase. And they will tell you how many people are seeing it. They told us that uh, thousands of people were typing that phrase in. We said, hold on a second. This is a hot product. We've got to figure out how to get a hold of this product. And that's exactly what we did. And we've built a huge brand now, an eight figure business out of that one example. And again, yep. I have a feeling, Karen, if someone just listened to what I said for the first time, they're going to have to rewind 30 seconds backwards. Hopefully your app allows you to do that and listen to that a few times for it to make sense. But if you'll notice, the magic is the phrase. The keyword is the mm-hmm. magic, not the product. Everyone wants to find the magical product. Products are everywhere. Products are easy. Products are dime a dozen. Those phrases that are underserved, that's where the magic is. So when you're talking about optimizing listings, sometimes people are coming to us and they say, hey, I've got a thousand of these widgets and they're not selling. Help me optimize the listing so I can sell more. Sometimes you can, and sometimes you can't help you because if people aren't looking for it, there's not a whole lot we can do. Right. But if you start with a phrase, oh, that's so powerful. And then you find the product to match that hot phrase. That's what we teach very methodically in the Proven Amazon course. But I want to hear you go deep with keyword research. Like you've already told us ASIN searches, eh, there's some, there's some value there. You can use it as a as a research tool, you'll come across some some good possible brainstorming search terms that way. But if you are truly going to go deep, let's say you've got a client, they say, hey, help me go deep. I want to find out what the best keywords are. What do you mean by going deep and how do you do that? Where we have found the most success is looking at synonyms because like you were talking about, Not everybody calls the same products by the same names. And I said earlier, there are regional differences. There are brand differences. 
as we get changes in technology that can cause new labels for products or types of categories of products or whatever to come up. So uh, give you an example, USB memory has a thousand different synonyms. Right. Some people call those flash sticks thumb or drives, thumb drives right. or jump drives or, you know, keychain memory or all kinds of different words. Curtains. Curtains are window treatments or drapes or valances or shears or panels. I mean, again, lots and lots. You've got mobile and cellular and wireless. If you're talking about cell phones and things of that nature, I'm looking across the, the way here into my kitchen and there are canisters on the counter. Those are also called food bins or storage jars. Almost everything in the world has synonyms. We've got soda and soft drinks and pop. Those are regional words. So it's just like you were talking about. And finding the words that people are using most is the key. And and most sellers don't bother to look beyond the obvious when it comes to keywords. And they'll take a step or two, but everything will be USB drive, USB stick, USB memory, USB storage, something like that. They won't look any deeper to find out the flash terms or the thumb terms or the jump terms, and they get stuck. So they're only capturing a part of the available traffic because they didn't expand. I will tell you when you're doing keyword research, people say, what's your most valuable tool? Thesaurus.com. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. If you can't, here's the next best thing. This reminds me of an episode I did. I'm just remembering with Billy, one of our Jim Cochran coaching uh, coaches on uh, Brett's team. And we talked about if you had the opportunity as a seller and you had two doors in front of you, I'm going to come back to your thesaurus thing in just a second, Karen, but mm -hmm. you've yep. two doors in front of you behind one door is tens of thousands of products that you can choose from and sell on Amazon, many of which are profitable. Some aren't, but you can jump in there and start researching behind the other door are tens of thousands of shoppers who use Amazon. Which door do you choose? And most of us are conditioned to jump into the door for the products. Like, let's mm -hmm. go find some product. I want to find some product. And we convinced the listeners on that episode, no, go into the room where the shoppers are, because then you can hold up your USB thumb drive, flash drive and say, okay, what do you guys call this? And you can compile the results. And lo and behold, 65% of them call it a thumb drive and only 20% mm -hmm. call it a flash drive and 18% mm -hmm. call it something else, right? So you're like, okay, I'm going to go with the one that the most people are using. So if you don't have a room full of tens of thousands of shoppers that you can access, which none of us do, the next best thing just might be a thesaurus where you can come up with some of these creative phrases and then methodically test ads against those phrases. So you're selling the same red thumb drive. That's what I call it. But you're also testing the term flash drive. You're testing the, these other terms. And you can see, Amazon will tell you, of these 18 terms that you're running ads against, these two on top are the ones that most people are seeing because that's what they're typing into the search bar. You can be very methodical and don't assume that people think the way you do you got to get the data to back it up. And Amazon makes that possible. We refer to this process, Karen, as having Amazon tell us what mm -hmm. we should be selling and what words we should be using to sell it. Right. Amazon will tell you if you ask them. It's just a matter of learning how to ask. Mm -hmm. That's exactly right. 
But thesaurus.com, you've, that's cool. Could you have any success stories that pop into your head where you've kind of found, had an aha moment with a thesaurus for a client or for a product? Kind of putting you on the spot to see if there's a recent example that pops in your head. There was one a couple of months ago that was for a workout jump rope. And we kind of wanted something, a different word or phrase to use in addition to the ones that everybody else was using, which is great. You need those phrases, but you also need a good balance of phrases. So something to capture some additional traffic that wasn't, didn't seem to be so popular. And we kept looking and we couldn't find it. And then I was on the the phone or on Skype with the team. And I said, look, we're having an issue with this. Let's brainstorm what this is. And one of the people popped up who is from the Midwest. The other three of us were from the East Coast that were on this particular call. And she said, are you talking about a skip rope? <laughs> right. Excuse me, what did you say? And, and, and she said, are you talking about a skip rope? Is that what you call them out there? Yeah. Oh my gosh. So here we go to type into the tools, you know, skip rope. And of course the search volume is just through the roof. And we thought, gee, oh my gosh, you gotta be kidding me. So it, that regional difference, nobody on our end of the country calls them skip ropes. We call them jump ropes, but skip rope was exactly what we needed. So it wasn't the SARS.com, but it was that regional difference, that synonym that we did not even know about yet. Uh, and don't, st- I mean, if you get your, your keywords in there and things aren't working out the way you want them to, you know, if you're, you're running Amazon ads and you're looking at that data, awesome. But I am always, when I shop on Amazon, when I'm walking through a physical store, I mean, my brain is geared because I do this all day long to constantly be on the lookout for synonyms. So if I see something on Amazon, you know, we just did a listing for a client and it was this jump rope one for the example I'm doing now. And I happened to see a listing that used skip rope. I may email the client and go, Hey, let's put this in and see what happens. So constantly be on the lookout, make notes on your phone or take pictures of product labels. If they're calling themselves something different. Uh, so you can go back and test those. If you're running PPC ads, awesome. You know, do it that way. If not, you can put it in your title and check your traffic in the business reports section to see, you know, if, if your traffic has gone up since you've added that phrase. Great tip. Yeah. Those business reports are free and freely available. You go in and look at the sessions, how many eyeballs are seeing your mm-hmm. stuff. We found some great private label ideas that way. You just sort it from high yeah. to low, go back and grab the last six to eight months. This is especially true yep. for those of you who've been selling an inch deep and a mile wide. You've got private label opportunities all in there. This will, will surprise you. There was one item that we had that, you know, we bought 20 of them or so. And the number of sessions that product got was like, wow, we've got to figure out a way to private label that thing. It just was insane (laughs) how many people were looking for that item. And here's another tip we haven't given in a while either, Karen. This is just reminding me. uh, If you're looking for, for product ideas, private label ideas, or hot keyword ideas, anyone that you know who shops on Amazon a lot, just ask them a very simple favor. You could even, we even had people post this on Facebook. It's been a while since we gave this tip. Post it out on your Facebook to your friends and family and say, hey, if you're ever shopping on Amazon, you can use this exact phraseology if you want to. Just put a post on Facebook and say, hey, friends and family, if you're ever shopping on Amazon and you type in a search word phrase and nothing relevant comes up, would you please shoot me a screenshot? <laughs> That's it. 
light bulb, ding, yeah, ding, ding. Because <laughs> if there's one person who's shopping for an item and they're not being served well by the search algorithm or by it, it just doesn't exist yet, then there might be hundreds or thousands of who are doing the exact same thing. And you've yeah. found a magic keyword phrase. And, and my wife does this to me constantly. She'll just like, oh, I was looking for this item and you know, I don't know if there's anything to it or not, but here's the phrase I used. And the only thing that came up were completely unrelated products. Like there's an idea. So connect with the shoppers and get some great keyword ideas and possibly even product ideas. That tip right there by itself was worth the price of admission today. <laughs> oh, I know. Absolutely. Okay. So you, you say go broad with keywords as well. How broad should sellers go when researching keywords? And what's the difference to you between going deep and going broad? Well, going broad, you, you need to stay focused, but you can go a little broader as far as your key phrases go. And let me stop and say, because I know that, that this question is probably going to come up. When you're doing keyword research or when most sellers are doing keyword research, the tendency is to want to put every single solitary type of, of word or phrase in there that will fit, that's even remotely related to what you're yeah, selling. Keyword stuffing, as we call it. Just keyword stuffing, yeah. but going, this is what I'm talking about by going too broad. For example, there was one listing that we were working on uh, a while back. And the seller sent in his suggestions for keyword research. He was selling a plastic lunch plate, you know, the three divided thingy with the lid on it and whatnot. Right. But the terms he had in there were plastic cereal container and plastic storage container. Anything that had plastic and container in it, he wanted to use as a keyword, as a search term. But if you look at a plastic lunch plate, a plastic dinner plate, it's not the same shape and size as a cereal container. You would not want to put your lunch in a cereal container because you'd end up with a big sloppy mess. So it's not the same thing. Don't go that broad. You want the terms to still be relevant. If I were to type in plastic cereal container, would plastic lunch plates come up in the search results? Probably not. If that's the case, then it's not relevant enough. You've gone too broad. However, and what, what's the risk? Tell me the risk. The risk is that Amazon is tracking how many people search for plastic lunch plate. And when there you they go. look for plastic lunch plate in the search results and they click on your listing and it shows up and it looks like a plastic cereal container or vice versa they leave. It's called a bounce. They hit the page. They go away immediately without purchasing. If you get too many bounces on your product page, Amazon will begin to demote you in the search results because they only want to show the listings that actually convert shoppers into buyers. Amazon is doing this to make money. Yeah. So that's right. And so they, they will punish you in the, in the rankings if will. your keywords aren't relevant. Yeah. So very that's why it matters. Yeah, very gradually as that continues, you will start to slowly notice that you are going further and further and further down in the search results. So going too broad is dangerous. Now you could do related terms that are broader, but still relevant back to our USB drive example. You couldn't, well, you, in my humble opinion, you should not go as broad as to do computer tools, but you might do something like computer storage. And again, type computer storage into Amazon. Do you see 
thumb drives come up? If so, it's a pretty good chance that other people also have the mindset that this could be used for computer storage. So it's a good a good thing. If you type in computer tools, you're probably not going to see thumb drives or USB drives or whatever of the thousand names you call them are. Uh, you're probably not going to see those come up in the search results page. If you do curtains and you put in valances and window treatments, then you decide maybe I want to use panels or drapes. If you type in panels into the search box, you're going to see longer curtains, not the short balances. So that's not going to be relevant. People that are typing in balances don't want long curtains. The same with uh, drapes. You would probably get the same thing. Shears would probably be longer most of the time. So check it on Amazon. See if, if there are any of those types of results showing up when you type in a particular term, and then you know whether you've gone too broad or whether you're just going broad enough. Computer accessories might possibly be a good term to use if you're selling USB drives. You could check that one. That's good. I think I think the most valuable tidbit that I just got out of what you just shared was a great reminder, especially if you're newer to setting up Amazon listings, or you're setting up your own listings. Don't keyword stuff to the point, you know, if you have this thought in your head, well, the more eyeballs that I can get on this listing, the better. So I'm going to use anything I can get away with. I'm going to stuff the word Star Wars in there somewhere if I can, because everyone's searching for Star Wars, even though, you know, you're selling plastic cups, lunch plates, lunch plates. like, no, that doesn't work, guys. You will be punished for that in the algorithm you, and you won't know why you'll just have trouble climbing the ranks because it's, there's not a valid connection between the keyword and people who actually buy your product. So you're much better off following the, you know, the Pareto principle kind of comes to mind for me, Karen, 80% of your results are going to come from 20% of your keywords and maybe even more like yes. 90, 10. So if you get that 10, do you get those top keywords, right? That's 80, 90% of the battle. And then don't yes. go so broad that you end up hurting yourself in pursuit of those other handful of keywords. Love it. This is great stuff, guys. And if hopefully today you're getting the feeling that this isn't complicated because it really isn't. You know, we've had, we've had some discussions in our Facebook group recently, Karen. People are debating, oh, which keyword search tools should I use? Which Amazon tools should I use to help me generate keywords? And if you're using a thesaurus and friends and family, that's probably 80% of what you need. And you may come up with a few other unique, you know, original ideas, but don't work yourself into a, to a frenzy trying to find the right tool to identify the right keywords. It's just not that complicated, guys. It requires a little bit of work, a little bit of research, a little bit of realizing that the rest of the world doesn't call a plastic cup or a thumb drive the same thing that you might. So get out there and do a little work, but it's not necessarily a tool that you're going to pull the trigger on that's going to solve all your problems. It's, it's a little bit of common sense too. So I think we're, this is a great episode. We're going to be using this one a lot. I think referring people to this quite a bit. Here's a question for you. Let's talk about Amazon SEO. That comes up all the time, search engine optimization. And, and that's not one of my, you know, I can go off on a tirade. Entire concept of SEO to me is, is kind of grating. It's overdone. I've attacked it. I've been down on that phrase for a long time uh, because mm -hmm. I just like saying, okay, what are, how are people one, provide a great product, describe it well and accurately, SEO will take care of itself. And that goes for Google, that goes for Amazon, et cetera. But I'd love to hear you talk about how do we optimize our listings? Let's get a nice balance as we start to wrap this episode up. Let's get a nice balanced approach to what does it mean to optimize the listing to Karen Thaxton? Well, I agree with you 
when you say that sometimes people get carried away with SEO and it can be overdone. The focus for a large portion of sellers is on optimizing their listings. But let me tell you this, it's all well and good to put keywords in your listing, to find them, to make sure they're in the right places, et cetera, et cetera. But unless they lose or destroy your product, Amazon will never go to your product page, click add to cart, whip out a credit card and buy anything from you. That's right. You want People say, I make a lot of money from Amazon. No, you don't. You make a lot of money from human being customers that happen to use Amazon's marketplace to buy your product. So since the human being customers are the ones with the money and they're the ones that are giving you all the sales that you want, don't you think the listing should be created more for them than for Amazon's search algorithm? There are a lot of different ways to drive traffic to an Amazon listing besides Amazon PPC or Amazon SEO. There's only one way to make sales, and that's to entice a human being into whipping out that credit card and using it. So balance is extremely important when you get into optimizing a listing. People will oftentimes want to create 500 character bullet points because they can put more keywords into a 500 character bullet point than they can a 100 or a 200 character. And if you look at what I call obnoxiously long bullet points on a mobile phone, which is where most people are doing their shopping on Amazon, they look awful. Pause for just a moment. Don't lose your spot. You said most. We, I mentioned our $700,000 day. Yes. 70 plus percent of our orders. 70% 70% plus were mobile people whipping out their yeah. smartphones. I mean, it, and that that's a big sample size to go off of. That's a lot of mobile shoppers. So if we're going to talk about it optimizing is. your listing, yeah, be kind to the people on mobile. See what your listing looks like on mobile. And here's another thing too, Karen, I don't know if you realize this. I'm, I might actually teach you something today. Uh, let's see if you knew this one. If you look at, if you do a search on your desktop and then do the exact same search on your mobile. Have you done this before? You'll notice you get different rankings. You get different. Mm -hmm. You can be optimized on one and not the other. Yes. And the app, I mean, if you're doing it on a mobile browser versus the Amazon app, it can also be different. Yes. Okay. So you knew you did know that that's pretty crazy. So you can be optimized and doing great in one ranked, you know, ranked in the top 10 on one platform and then ranked in the top 50 on the other. It's really crazy how they are looking at, which tells us they're really looking at conversion in different platforms, be it your phone or your desktop. Those have different conversion rates that will affect your rank. So if you have poor performance on your cell, on your smartphone, you're not ranked as well, but on a desktop, you are ranked well. I think you might be diving into some of the issues that you might want to look into. Are you using way too many words? Right. And unnecessarily, most of the time when I see listings that have these enormous bullet points, the whole purpose is to allow more room to put keywords. And the information in the bullet points, a lot of it to me comes across as unnecessary. It's just fluff. And you need to be persuasive. You need to entice shoppers. You need to make your product sound the best that you can make them sound. However, if you're just putting information in to fill up space, And to add more keywords, you're going to lose a lot of shoppers. And it's really easy to do some basic type of testing, cut your bullet points back, 
write them more concisely, still keep them persuasive, do a hundred characters, 200 characters, somewhere around in there and go back. We were talking about going into reports and then business reports and looking at your sessions, looking at the traffic and, and, you know, the other data that you have there, see what happens when you make those bullet points more concise and more consumer focused than SEO focused. Is it bringing in more sales? Is it bringing in more traffic? How are you looking? What's your conversion percentage? Very good. Yeah. Track your changes. Keep a diary of the changes and what you're learning. You know, jot down the date of when you made certain changes and go back and see. Um, That's something we don't talk about nearly enough. And I'm not as disciplined about it as I should be, but, you know, split testing and and trying different things. If you change 30 things about your listing, you're not going to know which one it was that fixed the problem. So slowly and methodically change one thing at a time, gather some data, make sure you've got a few days of data to work with and see, did it make a, did it make a difference? And here's where I could get real nerdy because I have a statistics background. I'm not going to do that to everybody, but you need a significant sample size. You need to have at least a few days of data, let's just say as a general rule. So, you know, is it a significant change that we're seeing here or not? So be methodical about these things and it's worth it to do these things. It's worth it to take your time, especially if you've got a product you're struggling with. Maybe it used to be doing great and it's not doing great anymore. There's probably something in your keywords that can be tweaked, changed and improved. So this is Mm -hmm. a great topic. I think this is one of those episodes where people, a lot of us uh, in this audience are going to go back and listen to it again, because I can almost guarantee you that you missed some of the nuggets. There were just so many great nuggets today. But another thing that you can do, listener, if you're interested in more and you're convinced now that Karen really knows her stuff, she's got a book about this, The Amazon Advantage. Help me with the title, Amazon Advantage. Product Listing Strategies to Boost Your Sales. Amazon Advantage, Product Listing Strategies to Boost Your Sales. We've got a code. We've got, well, here, I'm going to give this to you if you want to write this down. Now, Business building warriors who listen to this show know that everything will be in the show notes. So if you go to silentgym.com, you can just click a link and you'll go to this podcast episode. All this will be there for you. So you don't have to write anything down right now if you're running or driving. But if you have a pen handy and you want to write something down and go grab it right now, if you go to, this is all lowercase letters, everything I'm going to give you now, okay? Go to jimc.biz. That's me, Jim Cockrum. jimc.biz slash marketing words, all one word, marketing words. Okay. Jimc.biz slash marketing words. And here's the coupon code I'm going to give you for that book. You're going to save 10 bucks on Karen's book. This is all lowercase J I M two zero A A. That's a complicated coupon code. I know. So if you just want to keep it simple, jump over to silentgym.com. You'll get the show notes for today. You get all the links and everything we talked about all in one place. But to give you that coupon code one more time, it's Jim 20AA. That's Jim as in me, J I M 20AA. And Karen, thanks for that special offer. So, what can people expect if they jump in and grab that book? You know, beyond what we've talked about today, what's in there? Oh, gosh, way more than what we talked about today. It goes through the entire keyword research process that we use at Marketing Words when we're doing keyword research. And we also go through a step-by-step process of writing the listing, breaking it down, exactly what we do for titles and for the bullets and for the descriptions so that when you get finished, you've got a complete listing, the copy portion and the keyword research portion that you can set up. And there are worksheets that go along with it 
So you can outline exactly what you're doing, keep everything in one place. It walks you through what we talked about earlier as far as the customers go that are shopping for this, getting inside their mind, figuring out what's what, how am I going to make this persuasive, different ways to write your bullet points, way more than what we talked about here. Beautiful. Yeah, it's it's a great book and many in our community have talked about how much they love it. And also if if you're listening to this today and you're a proven Amazon course student, you've gone to provenamazoncourse.com and bought our course. Karen has a section under the optimize your Amazon listings. It's down towards the resources section of the content of the proven Amazon course. She did a video walkthrough. Now it doesn't cover everything in her book, but it will give you enough to where you think to yourself, okay, wow, Karen knows her stuff. This is really helpful. You'll be able to improve your listings just from this great video that she made for us. But then after that, go grab Karen's book and I'll give you the details on that one more time. Go to jimc.biz slash marketing words. That'll take you straight to her website. And then you want to use the coupon code jim20aa. That's all lowercase, everything I gave you. So that's cool, Karen. Thanks for the special offer today for our listeners. That I know that's an offer that we in the past had only had for our paid students. So very generous of you to offer that to the general public today for all the listeners today. Anything else you want or anything else you want to add in as we start to wrap this one up and thank you for your time. We could do this. We could nerd out on this stuff all day, but um, just, it, yeah, I'm, a, I'm a data nerd too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and I try to make it fun and interesting for folks, but just these little simple changes that you can make to your listing. I think we've steered people away from some pretty dangerous areas they could drift into. We've simplified the tool. So you don't have to go spend hundreds of dollars on all these fancy tools to figure out keywords. You really don't. Uh, so we've saved people money. We've saved them time, saved them from getting themselves into trouble. Awesome podcast today. But anything you want to say to the listeners today as we start to wrap this one up, any final thoughts? Be curious. Open your mind when you're doing your keyword research and preparing to optimize your listings. Don't get stuck searching for the same types of keywords over and over again, like USB drive and USB stick and USB memory. Go out and purposely realize other people call almost every product by some other name. Your mission is to find out what those other names are so that you can be as relevant with your keywords in your listing as possible and get the most traffic that you will be able to convert into lots and lots of sales. I love it. Very well said. Yeah. We, and we've, I mean, we're talking about the difference between having hobby level income and having serious income, that discipline of taking your keyword process seriously could be a huge, huge difference in your business. So thanks, Karen. This is a great podcast. We'll have to have you back again real soon because you're one of just a handful of repeat guests on Silent Sales Machine Radio. So you're in an elite status now. (laughs) You're a frequent flyer. (laughs) I'm honored. Yeah, we'll have to have you back again. Well, thanks, Karen. And for the listeners who've joined us today, I hope you found a ton of value in this podcast. It was a longer one but we haven't done a long one in a while for you guys. We packed a lot in here and I do really think this is one that you'll want to put on replay and listen to again because there really was so much in here and it's just spot on advice. If we were sitting there having dinner with a friend and they were drilling us for information about optimizing their keyword listings, their their Amazon listings, this is the stuff we'd talk about. We didn't hold back anything today. So thanks for joining us. God bless you, business building warriors. It's our pleasure to serve you. Thank you for giving us some of your valuable time. 
Hope you found a lot of great ideas today. We'll do another episode again real soon. Hey, do us a favor, leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to this show and tell a friend about it. Just tell a friend, they'll thank you. Send them to silentgym.com. That's all you gotta do. Send them to silentgym.com. We'll thank you for adding to our listeners. They'll thank you for giving them some great business content. And I will forever be in your debt because I know you're supporting this show and I'm so grateful. That's how this show is spread. We've done no advertising. It's all word of mouth and you guys are the ones doing it. So God bless you for that. All right, we'll be back again real soon. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to Silent Sales Machine Radio. Visit silentgym.com for a link to our free newsletter, our free Facebook group, and all of our resources mentioned on today's show.